Welcome to Friend and Foe, the podcast dedicated to amplifying the genuine conflicts and distress that people experience due to the current political divide in the United States and its impact on personal relationships. I'm Jennifer Hardiker, and I've been fortunate to engage in conversations with numerous individuals who have shared their sadness over the loss of family and friends due to political differences. This is the story of Chris and Sean and how their friendship was strained by their opposing political views. Chris aligns with the progressive Democrat ideology, while Sean identifies as a libertarian. I'm grateful to both Sean and Chris for staying in contact with me over these past few years since we first talked, consistently checking in on the progress of this project. It has been my strong sense of dedication to honoring the time and honesty that each of the individuals I've interviewed has shared with me that has motivated me to continue to work on this project. In this episode, we'll hear Sean's perspective. Our initial conversation took place back in the summer of 2020. Well, in, in, in past years, I've had family members with uh, differing um, uh, political views and friends with political, but I had never been, I, I'd always been um, very low key. Um, you know, I, I have conversations uh, with folks that wanted to talk politics, and I thoroughly enjoyed, um, you know, the the the, the debate. Um, you know, trying to keep it above board and, and enjoying, you know, let me tell you my ideas and 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 you know, sort of counter arguments, but but in a friendly manner. Um, and it had occurred a lot in my family, and it occurred uh, with friends, and and I. But I, I, again, I never really led with politics, but. It's also became because I came from a um, you know a family that that uh, had a lot of salesmen in it, and if you're in sales, the last thing you want to do is alienate um, uh, individuals um, uh, based on the fact that you want to sell to everybody, whether they blue, red, or or, or otherwise. So that was just uh, you know we we would have political discussions in the home, but it, it was never it was never our identity. Um, and um, and I remember the first time I had any kind of uh, uh, of um, you know where where I felt that uh, having any conversation about politics was uh, was ill advised is when I was living in San Francisco during the uh, Bush Gore election, and that was the first time. And again, I wasn't I, I actually wasn't registered with either party at the time, and um, I, I, I suppose because I'm I was a um, uh, the, my physique and, and, and my mannerism, uh, I was taking some classes, uh, I was taking a class at Berkeley at the time, and I remember someone referring to me as a, uh, um, a redneck Republican, I think they threw a gun nut. I didn't know what a gun at the time. I wasn't registered as a Republican. And having grown up in the South by two parents from Chicago and never having um, developed much of a, a Southern twang, it was the first time I was referred to as a redneck. So I'm like, well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, and um, I, you know, that was sort of my first taste of, of, of you know, some political vitriol. I just never played in that, in that, that, that particular end of the pool. Um, I then, you know, I came back to Florida and, you know, I, I remember during, uh, Obama's election, 
I didn't necessarily agree with him politically, but I I, I had a sense of pride that our country had, was at a place to where, um, you know, color wasn't a the, uh, wasn't a uh, uh, a factor that uh, prevented him from um, taking the, the the highest office. Um, and nor did I really get that impression from others around us. Um, but something seemed to change um, after the incident in Sanford with uh, Trayvon Martin. There, there, there was a lot more anger um, uh, and, and, and fear. Uh, and uh, that kind of culminated to, um, you know, the 2016 election, where, again, I had, uh, having lived out in San Francisco for a while, I had a lot of left-leaning, very close left-leaning friends. And I had one particular incident with one particular friend who I would write with, who um, he, he um, I, I think he, you interviewed him as well, Chris, had started calling me out on Facebook. Well, I rarely, I, I don't uh, post on Facebook much at all. Um, I, I, I'm fiercely protective of my kids, especially since one of my kids is adopted, as to not put anything out there, any kind of identifier for them either. Um, I don't post pictures of my kids and I, 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 I rarely do anything overtly political. I'm going to probably dig up and find something that would would, uh, would would identify me one way or the other on Facebook, but it, it's not common. Um, and it, it just got heated to where my wife had, had gotten on Facebook to defend me, and one of his students then jumped all over her. And that's sort of when I told Chris, enough. I, I don't, I'm a salesman. I don't want anything posted uh, identifying me with one party or another, and it all culminated into whether or not I would uh, I supported Trump, which I was never a Trump cheerleader. Um, you know, I, I had issues with, uh, you know, the Clintons, but again, it was sort of like, it, it's a, you're either with us or you're against us. And it, it, it turned into a call to arms. I'm like, relax. We, you know, I'm still taking in all, all of it, but here's my issues with one particular side. It was disappointing because I had had a, a, a very good relationship with Chris for, gosh, it had almost been 20 years at the time, uh, where we wrote together and, and we hung out together when, when I was living in San Francisco. And it all seemed to get blown up over the fact that I, I didn't follow lockstep with his beliefs. Again, he, he 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 operates in the academic world, and I'm I'm uh, in, in, the, uh, in, in the more for corporate setting. So we we were we were coming from different uh, uh, you know cultural surroundings from that standpoint. It, it, and it continued. I, I things kind of cooled off, and I told Chris enough, and and he backed off. But then all of a sudden, he started writing me letters, and they came in once a week, for almost. Six months. These these uh, these typed out on, on an old fashioned typewriter letters um, with these rather vitriol, you know, uh, your, your your man Trump and and you know your, the, the Nazis that you support and over and over and over again. It scared my wife, uh, and it, I, I I ignored them for for a long time. And it was he was goading me to try to respond back to him, and I I wouldn't. And I finally did get him on the phone and I said, you, you know, uh, told him with, to absolutely knock this off, that it's inappropriate and I'm not going to respond. And 
are, it's completely insulting. And then I sort of, uh, um, you know, let there, there was a, a cooling off period. I don't remember who reached out to who, um, you know, uh, I want to say several months later, where he had apologized for coming on so strong. And we just sort of avoided any kind of political talk after that. And uh, again, I, I still think of him as a friend. I mean, I, 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 I don't have the same level of trust as I did prior to this because it, it, it really it bothered me how it, it, it was a you are either completely in support uh, you either completely support my position or you are my enemy. And I never thought of that of anybody. I mean, I, I, you know, given the fact that most of my family was from Chicago, <laughs> they were fairly uh, uh, a democratic family. And, and of course, all my family down here are fairly Republican. Um, and again, I, I never uh, claimed a side one way or the other until um, I moved back to Florida back in the uh, early 2000s. So it it, it was never something – I was never uncomfortable having a conversation with someone from uh, either sides of the the aisle. And it it really kind of – it bothered me that no one was listening and everyone was yelling. No one would listen to one another, and no one would just sit down and say, hey, let's have a a fun conversation. Uh, And, you know, the the reason Chris and I were were able to sort of communicate again is – that we it was sort of an unspoken you know what we're just not going to talk about that anymore and uh, which is disappointing because I, I like the exchange of ideas um I, and i i, I it, it saddens me that we've lost the ability to just have an exchange of ideas without it being you know you only agree with me 80 percent, so you're a nazi or you're a commie or you're an enemy of the state, or you know you're you're going to burn down my house. Um, it, it, I, I don't know how to, you know, slow down the roller coaster a little bit. I, I know how to do it on my house. I know how to raise my kids so that they don't act like that with other people. But I don't know how you affect the culture to get everyone to sort of take a deep breath. And 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 there's a desperate need for grownups in the room, and, and we seem to have so few of them out there that that. It just can't, you know, take a deep breath and say, okay, we're all looking for the same objective. We just have different ideas on the routes to get there. Um, and it's, it, it, it's sad. I, I mean, I, I wish I had a, I could put a, a happier note on it. I miss being able to have, you know, deep political conversations with someone from a different side to sort of see, well, here's how you're solving the problem coming from a completely different direction. And now you can't have those conversations anymore. You just can't because um, uh, everyone's so wrapped up into the uh, us and them thing. Um, and it's, uh, it's disappointing. And it, it, I, I, I've tried not to allow fear and anger to sort of invade my thinking. And that's tough too. And, and one of the ways I try to do it is, you know, I like to listen to a lot of commentary on YouTube. But I don't, I don't think that we've developed the skill sets as a race to deal with the new technology of, of social media. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we have the tools. I don't think we've evolved the proper tools to really deal with, with that media right now because 
uh, everybody seems to have, you know, reverted back to caveman tribalism. Um, and it's, it's really sad and it's scary. I couldn't agree with you more. And boy, you, you nailed a lot, a lot of the things that I've been thinking. Well, it's so sad that it's, it, you know, even the way we discuss it, it's people from both sides. It's sort of like, well, no, we're all Americans. We just have different ideas as to how we want to accomplish. I, mean, I don't know of anyone that wants, you know, people to suffer. Every every issue that's really important um, isn't monolithic. It's not, um, you know, white, black or white. In all cases, there's there's subtleties that we're not allowed to even explore um, because of the potential for, you know, for for exacting this hate and anger and violence from people, I I, I feel like an old man. I'm complaining about all you know all the problems. I don't have any solutions. I, I you know other than everybody be a grown up. But I don't know that that's really you know. It, I, I'd love to see someone come out with that political ad. Hey, let's all be grown ups because that's a guy <laughs> I vote for in a heartbeat. <laughs> Makes me sad as an American. That that's where we're at. I, I, now I'm an eternal optimist, so I truly think that this is just a swing of the pendulum, and eventually we'll swing back towards maybe some more sanity. Is there anything that we hadn't touched on that we'd want to share? No, all I would want to share is just be be gentle with each other, and and that's that's just sort of been lost, although. I don't know when in mankind anyone, everyone's been gentle with each other. I don't think that's ever really occurred, but that would be a neat thing for us to thrive for, as, you know, as, as we evolve as a culture. Is it, maybe we try to maybe we try to rethink gentle. And I hate, you know, I, I will. I my kids will be mentally armed for this world. I, I, you know, between my wife and I, we'll make sure that they have all the the, the facilities to 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 operate with success in society, everything that we could possibly, you know, arm them with intellectually to do so, we will. But I, I really would love them to go out into a, a gentler, more optimistic world. And um, there's a lot of things that need to change before that occurs. Almost a year later, in the spring of 2021, I caught up with Sean to see how things had progressed between him and Chris. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, everybody's healthy and happy, so that's you know, good. Yeah. All, all's all's well with the universe down here in Florida. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Where well, we you know, funny because I, I was thinking about this. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, I can't imagine that your particular uh, uh, line of interest is is going to be well received, given the fact that everybody's at, still at each other's throats. Um, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing okay. And, uh, you know, the physical harm has come upon you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it is, it is been interesting. I think in so many ways I was so naive when I started this project in terms of what I thought I could say and uh, how it would be received. And, yeah, I just learned a lot along the way. During our conversation, I mentioned some negative feedback I had received about this project. One significant criticism was that by listening to people's beliefs, I was legitimizing them and their ideologies. I don't know when that all shifted, when the idea of listening to someone who disagrees with you was considered toxic. You know, it was funny because uh, you're like, hey, you know, especially given everything that's happened the last few months, 
Um, you know, I, I, I've had conversations with you know, Chris and I are talking all that often now. Um, and you know, every once in a while we tiptoe around politics, but we've, we've tried to keep it more about our, you know, the thing that we're most interested in that we share, which is writing. And, um, uh, but, but I, as, as we started to talk about politics, I was immediately presented with a purity test. Well, you know, you, you completely disagree with everything that happened in the Capitol, right? And I, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I'm not for, you know, wrecking things to try to make your point ever. But then I, I thought, well, I, I didn't present a purity test to him. And yeah. yet, and, and it's not just Chris. I'm just, just for an example, that all things have to have, a, so you have to be 100% on board or you're 100% my enemy. And I'm like, well, you just end up with a room full of enemies at that point. But no one's going to be 100 percent in agreement, and and uh, and, and that all that does is it forces people into tribes, and um, nothing ever works out well when when everybody jump, you know is just focused on their own tribe. Um, and I don't I don't know when that turned, and I don't know when that became the the prominent academic intellectual course of action. To you know, block yourself out from anything that that was uh, in uh, that, uh, that that was in disagreement with with the mantra. Yeah. So you know, I think yeah. I actually asked you that question um, last time we talked, which is you know, if you felt yourself policed, you know, in your thoughts as a conservative, like are you always being conservative enough or whatever? And because um, of course. I had felt that even before this criticism, um, and you actually, your, your reply was, is that maybe because we were the underdogs at the time, because, you know, the, the pendulum in terms of uh, country politics, it's way to the, to the right. Um, and then maybe, maybe that like feeling like, like we were at war and we all had to be exactly in the same place on the same side to, you know, to fight this, Pendulum yeah, the, the other side. So I'm curious. Bird, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if now that you know the pendulum swung back to the left, if if you feel like there's any of that rising. Like and part of it is personality. I, I was more self-policing that I wasn't offending people uh, than I was feeling stifled by the outside world. So it was more self-policing that right now everybody's sort of pingling and just looking for a fight. So let's not, let's not say anything to particularly start one. Well, then everyone's just going to have to, you know, crawl into their cave and just poke their sticks out at anybody that, that they think um, is their enemy. And I I hate that that's the world that my kids appear to be walking into. Everything seems to be on steroids. And it was bad when, when Trump got elected, but frankly, it had gotten really bad uh, when Obama, and, I, and unfortunately, I can't say it's one particular politician or another's. All of this, you know, if you really dig down, at least my opinion, all of this is about marketing and really poor use of marketing and the poor use of metadata and the poor use of, of manipulating human emotion to sell soap or to, to buy a vote. It's 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 all like hardcore marketing, and then and, and someone forgot that it was all a gimmick, and it became doctrine. 
And it's like, holy, you know, this is a boulder that, that what we're losing control of, and it's going to hurt our kids. And, and, and everyone's too quick to say, well, I'm just going to call you a racist, and that'll be the end of it. Or I'm just going to call you a communist, and that'll be the end of that. Or I'm only, you know, I'm going to back the blue, and therefore everything that, that's coming out of anyone that comes from a different culture that may have had an experience that needs to be addressed, we're, we're going to discount each other. And, and if you, and if you don't toe the line, you're canceled. Or if you don't toe the line, we're going to burn your business down. Or, you know, or you know, even the folks that are towing the line now, if they've ever said anything in the past that was not a part of it, then people who, that'll be used against them by folks that were their enemy in the first place. We, we, we keep turning up the heat and we keep thinking that everything, every word is so important. We have forgotten that for most of human existence, we've just been fighting to survive day after day. And, yeah. you know, we, our, our perspective is all messed up. It's funny, you know, I can uh, I'll be honest yeah. with you, the first time we talked, I was, I was, I was afraid of, all right, well, I, I, I don't know you. So am I, is, yeah. is, I was far more guarded in our first conversation as to what I could talk about. And I think, you know, over the course of that conversation and emails, I, I, I feel a lot more trust. So it's sort of like, is that what we have to do? Do we have to go through initiation with each other before we can, we can just talk and not be afraid of every word that leaves our mouth? I mean, that just seems like a bad way to, to trade ideas. Yes. Yeah. Right. Always, always talking from a place of caution and mistrust. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. be able to say something stupid and someone say, hey, that was kind of stupid. Let me tell you why. And I can listen to him say, you know, right. That was kind of stupid. I think I need to rethink that. Well, you can't do that. if I'm... You're constantly on eggshells. So, well, yeah. that's kind of part of the Socratic method. All right, let's talk it out. Oh, that's stupid. Let me explain why it's stupid. Oh, I can hear what you're saying. Oh, I can see now why that's stupid. All right, so let's let's change our 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 our, our hypothesis and let's change our thought here. And, yeah. and you know, you know, the the the, the purity test just destroys it. Now we're yeah. just all sitting in in our separate churches. Now we're in our pews, and all we can do is listen to the scripture. Because if, if we if we question the scripture, then we're then we have to leave the church because we're heretics and we're blasphemers. Yeah. And they we should be burned. I'm not going to I'm not going to dictate what should or shouldn't be important in your life because I haven't lived your life. And it's it's yeah. it's just asinine for everyone to be screaming at each other without listening to each other. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> That's a line. That's a good. That's a good sound. <laughs> oh. Well, I sure appreciate you talking to me, Sean. Yeah, I'm so glad that I got to talk to you again. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed our first conversation, and I'm glad that it wasn't a one-off. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too, and I think we are. We're role models. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm officially saying we fixed everything, so we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll end it on that. <laughs> <laughs> Declare victory. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Sean. For all of the interviews found on this website, I have significantly edited out all of the parts of the conversation in which folks speak about their particular political viewpoints so that the conversation stays focused on the story of how the political divide is affecting personal relationships. So while not evident in this edited version of my conversation with Sean, we did discuss some of his personal beliefs. And while I don't share Sean's beliefs, after getting to know him better through these conversations, I have come to trust that both of us share a common desire for a just world, even if we have different ideas on how to achieve it. I'm grateful to Sean and Chris for opening up to me about their ongoing efforts to navigate their political differences.